Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host. And today I have a very special guest on. Her name is Laura DeFranco and she's pretty amazing. I posted about her on Facebook last night. Go read all about her. Well, don't do that. Just share this out and stay on here and let's find out everything about this lady. I am excited. If you want to learn how to heal your life, yourself, your body, I have a feeling she's going to lay down some knowledge on us here. So please do me a favor, share this out and stay with us. We will be right back with Laura DeFranco. And we are back. Let me bring Laura on. Laura, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I love that music. That's EDM music. Did you know it that? Is. Yeah, I, I love it. Yes. <laughs> and it, you want to hear something interesting about that song in particular? I pay a licensing fee for that song, and every single day they they turn on re turn off revenue sharing or something. Uh -huh. Like I get this. Like I'm paying for it, but anyway. Um, so welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you. I'm excited to have this conversation with you today. And thank you to Justin Breen for yes. referring you to me. And you, um, I see, uh, well, we have a lot of mutual friends, it appears. But um, Laura, I started the show five plus years ago literally to help myself. I was being very selfish. It was to help me get unstuck. I thought, you know what? If I just hear enough other people tell how they got unstuck, maybe I'll figure it out. And I did. It worked. Yeah. It worked. So, yeah. So, so Laura, talk about, tell everybody um, where you start with where you were born and raised. Wow. Yeah. Let's start there. San Francisco, California. And I grew up in Marin County. So born in the city, but we grew up in Marin. We, we lived in several different kind of towns in and around Marin County, went to Redwood High School. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's a little bit of a different San Francisco from what I've heard these days. Yeah. Well, and you know, what's interesting is I've lived on the East Coast now longer than that first half of my life that was in California. So um, wow. yeah, I know California is a very interesting place to live these days. Yes, there's my <laughs> buddy Garza who happens to live in California. <laughs> okay. So, okay, we yeah. gotta be careful about what we say about California. Then. No, he trusts me. He's like, <laughs> He's like not digging California right now. Um, but so, so growing up, I mean, first off, I've never been to San Francisco. My wife has been there many times and she's like, when I was there, it was amazing. Amazing. I don't know that that's necessarily true anymore, but um, what, what did you, what was it like for you growing up in Marin County? 
I think that's where Dr. My buddy, Dr. John Gray lives in Marin, I believe. I think. There are a lot of interesting people that live in, uh, in Marin. And, you know, yeah. we always used to joke about living in Northern California versus Southern California, that they should really be two different countries. I loved growing up there. It, it was a time of my life that was tough and just, you know, all the things, all the childhood things, but Cal, you know, Northern California, San Francisco area, Marin is still an amazing, beautiful place to live. But some of my family have actually moved back here to the East after the fires recently, after some of the stuff started to happen that we never experienced in my whole lifetime there, my childhood there. So yeah. it has changed and it's been rough. Yeah. Yeah. But you, you had the, I mean, was there something spectacular about your childhood? I, here's why I ask about the childhood thing. I know you already know this. So um, there, I think that there's typically something, someone, a group, an event, that kind of pushes us in the direction that we go as adults. When I say that, what comes to mind? What was it that you think kind of formed you into what you, you do now? Yeah, there was a spectacular event and it was, I was 16. I signed up to listen to a speaker that was coming for um, lunchtime. We had lunchtime career speakers yeah. and this woman was a physical therapist. And I was like, huh. And I, at that time I thought I wanted to be like a sports medicine doctor, get into medicine somehow. So I saw this physical therapist coming and signed up and I'm telling you, after she was done talking, the passion she spoke with about what she did and how she helped people that was it. I made that decision that day. And I started really? volunteering. I started looking at schools. And so fast forward, I became a holistic physical therapist. That was a first 30 year career for me. Wow. <laughs> so like you just knew at that moment, this is your calling. I knew I was an athlete. I have been in a mm. life long athlete. And at the time that age, I was playing soccer in high school. I was on the traveling team. I went on to play collegiate soccer for San Francisco State University for a couple of years. And it was just, I loved peak performance. I loved understanding what my body could do. I loved being an athlete and I knew I wanted to help people with their injuries and, and to, you know, experience peak performance. So I really did. I'm so lucky at that age that I knew, I knew that I wanted to do that. And I think it set me up, of course, right. We can look back now and say, wow, that was a gift because I am serving healers in so many different capacities now in my life that that set me up. So is it safe to assume that you are a huge proponent of um, prescription medication. <laughs> oh my gosh. You want to, you want to go there? <laughs> yes, I do. I was literally having this conversation this morning. That's so funny. Um, wow. I was having this conversation with a chief of surgery and yeah, and he's, he's on the same page as you. Um, but 
No, I'm, that was a joke. I, 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 I'm kidding. So, so getting into the natural, first, I, I have to say that when the body is not functioning properly and, and you're in pain, I've been there, it's very difficult to operate in life. Like life just can suck. <laughs> Exactly right. And, and let's just back up a minute. And, and I got to ask, like, have you binge watched Painkiller on Netflix yet about that oh. whole medicine? Oh, my gosh. OK, so we we don't have to go there right this minute. No, but... tell me about it. What is it? <laughs> it's just the whole story of big pharma and how they just basically addicted the country to Oxycontin and oh, my gosh. Um, great. Yep. There's a great actress that plays one of the main characters in, in this series. But but yeah, that that topic has been up. I've been talking to a couple of friends about it and what a mess that is. What a mess. And so having mm. the ability to give people hope about natural ways to, yeah. you know, nourish mind, body, soul to really get there without um, medications that cause a million side effects and worse problems. And gosh, you know, the series really shows even death, like bad, bad things, you know? Yeah. So, so yeah, I forgot what your other question was. So <laughs> you got me started on the, the medication thing. <laughs> I, but that, you know what, honestly, and I've had, you know, I've had a few other natural naturopath um, healers and doctors and, and on the show. Um, I, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> I'll just say that. Um, so when you started this journey, cause you said you were 16, you started volunteering, you started, and then you went to college, you went to college for this, this particular field. It I stayed close to home at San Francisco state and they had a pre-physical therapy program, which was brilliant. So okay. when I realized that they had that program, I'm like, all right, so that's easy. And I wanted to go play soccer really. Right. Yeah. I wanted to play for the school and I had my friends on travel teams and a couple of them joined me at San Francisco state. So that was kind of fun. And physical therapy at the time, the entry level degree was a master's. So I knew that I would have to go beyond what I was doing there. And so I eventually popped over the bay to Oakland and did my uh, graduate degree at Samuel Merritt College, okay. which, by the way, they called Pill Hill back then. <laughs> I don't know wow. why we're on this pill topic today, but that's uh, that's what they called that that whole area. But that was one of the best times of my life. I'm a total anatomy geek. I loved learning everything I could learn about the body and, yeah. you know, healthy people get better. So it was fun. Uh, you know, um, as, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm going to be careful. I don't want to get us shut down in midstream. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, they they uh, it's it's interesting. You said big pharma earlier, and it's it's just interesting that um, the billions. I don't know if it's billions they spend in advertising. I think it is. I would um, imagine so. It, yeah. Um, to to create 
what what is what is often referred to as cognitive dissonance <laughs> right like people just like this is the only way i have to take this pill and they don't even know why they don't even know why um go ahead you have something uh, yeah, to say you, about it you saw it in my face didn't you um, yes i think one of the things that matters to me the most is helping people be an advocate an advocate for themselves in the doctor's office. And at, through my career as a physical therapist, I, was, I would always offer to clients, hey, if you want to just get on the phone and talk for a few minutes about the question list you need to bring with you to your next mm -hmm. appointment, then let's do it. And I was helping my family do some of that. Yeah. And I always thought that that was one of the biggest services I was providing, because if you went into the doctor's office thinking that doctor was God and you just sat there quietly and let them make all the decisions for your health and wellness, that's a problem. And right. but for a lot of people, they have to find their voice there with that authority figure. And it's very difficult for some people to find their voice, especially in a doctor's office where they've been told that that person knows better than them. So yeah. they have to sit up, sit and shut up and listen to everything and say, okay, when they give them the prescription for the medication or the expensive surgery, or uh, we could go on and on. Listen, yeah. um, current day emergency medical care is a miracle saves lives but we're we're kind of talking about something else here we're we talking are. about let's just fix this and here's the band-aid and i'm not even going to tell you that there's physical therapy and not you know naturopathy and acupuncture and breath work and different things you could do to make yourself feel better so you could tell you got me started on that one right but i love that you need to get started on that and 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 i i think that this it's my opinion. I mean, but uh, I mean, we're in trouble as a nation and a world. And, and I don't think that people realize how controlled they are by, by these, these, these humongous companies. It, it's literally about the money and power that comes with selling that stuff. So anyway, I, I, I you know, I just recently had a conversation with somebody um, that said, and I, I want to be careful cause I don't, I don't want lawsuits, <laughs> but that I, I said, yeah, one time they, they put me on, um, an, a statin drug and, and I took it for like two days and I'm like the, the leg cramps side effect is legit. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just, and, and this doctor that I was talking to the other day said, yeah, that's a huge, huge lie. Like you actually like what happens is it reduces the fat in the brain, which is necessary and the brain shrinks and people start developing things like Alzheimer's and dementia and things of that nature because they've been on these anti-cholesterol drugs forever. Oh, you're making me crazy right now. <laughs> well, and so, speak your crazy then. Let's I go. Awareness, education. It's a, it, we have to build awareness. We have yeah. to talk about things like this. We have, yeah. and you know, your friends will tell you the truth. Like, so you're lucky that yeah. you got to hear 
the truth about something that you had been putting in your body for whatever, but most people don't have the awareness and they aren't getting educated. Yeah. And that's where the, that advocacy comes in. And I, I think that educating people so that they have all their options and they can really be smarter about what they're putting in their body for sure. In terms of medicine, that's a big one. And I took it for two days and right. said, that's enough. no thank you uh-uh. I'm, i'll die rather than live with leg cramps that are going to kill me anyway i mean so- every time a, an ad comes on about a drug and then they get to the side effects section uh- where the per- the really lovely woman is listing all of these death <laughs> disp- uh- you know oh. and and I, I i watch that and i i laugh and i think are other people really are they not laughing too Right? Like, what is that? No, no, thank you. They're so good at making these commercials magical. And and they create that. that and then that I don't think people remember the, the, the disclaimer at the end. Right. And exactly. I, I would think that when it, I, 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 I can't, I mean, I think that if a doctor is going to prescribe something that has all those potential side effects, or probable side effects um, that they should say, Hey, by the way, I'm giving you this medication. Just know that some of the side effects could be death, could be your left hand falls off your, all the stuff they talk about. Like that would be a cool thing. If a doctor actually told you that before you went to CVS to fill it. Um, But you know, so gosh, we could go down such a deep, dark rabbit hole here. Um, but talk about when you first, you know, got out of college, you, you, you got started. Did you go open up your own, own practice? Did you work for somebody else? How did, how did things start for you in the beginning? Well, I met a guy who happened to live on the East coast. And so right after graduating, I decided that I would, would need to move. And so I, looked for an internship in the DC area. And we at the time could do as we had to do a six month internship to complete our requirements for graduation. And in the fine print, it said you can go anywhere you want as long as you set that up. (laughs) So Mm. um, I had been dating my um, ex husband now long distance for about a year and a half. And I said, Hey, I, I have a chance I can come your way and do this internship. So I moved from California, I was the first in my family to move anywhere else especially across the country. And I did an internship at the National Rehabilitation Hospital in DC, which was an incredible experience. Wow. And my career started there. I learned about a lot of things there. They have quite a hospital with a lot going on um, nationally and internationally recognized hospital. So we had people being flown in from other countries to be treated at that hospital really couldn't have been a better first job for a physical therapist, honestly, because I got to have excellent mentors and I got to see a little bit of everything. So that was the beginning. Wow. (laughs) I I think, and, and, you know, I have a lot of friends who are in the chiropractic field, um, naturopath healers as well. 
Um, and I, I'll never forget just a personal story side sidebar for a second. Um, I ruptured the disc between L4 and L5 in my, my back. So lower back ruptured. I mean, it was bone against bone and, and, and it trapped my sciatic nerve against my spinal cord. And, and, um, you want to talk about pain, like the pain was unreal. I went to a surgeon and, and the surgeon actually said to me, you're too young for this surgery. I want you to go see a chiropractor. Mm. I was Smart like, what? I know. Right. <laughs> and, and so I go see this chiropractor and she puts me on a, a, a table that kind of pulls me apart a little bit. And it's the best thing that ever happened to me. I walked out of there a new man. And so, um, you know, I really believe in, in the body is capable of healing itself. I believe that truly believe that. Are you still in the DC area? I am. I am in Bethesda, Maryland. Bethesda, okay. And have lived here for, uh, gosh, I always go by like my kids' ages to answer that question. We've been here at least 23 years. <laughs> right, right. So, so tell me what your mission, your purpose in life is with everything we're talking about. <laughs> I want to wake the world up to what's possible for healing. I want, and we've been talking about all of that already this morning, like I want to help people be aware of the possibilities, especially people who have been to 10 doctors and still haven't found the answer. And maybe you just haven't dipped a toe in some of the alternative or holistic opportunities, right? There's stuff that really works and it works even better than some of the traditional treatments because it's holistic because it's mind, body, soul. And my clients would come in for physical therapy and I branded myself as a holistic physical therapist on purpose early on because I wanted them to know that there was a difference. Yeah. And that story kind of goes, well, like if I wasn't looking at a whole body from head to toe, the whole myofascial system, the entire system, if you came in with a prescription for your ankle sprain and I didn't look at your neck I would be missing a piece of the pie that could solve your problem. So are your physical therapists looking at your entire system? Really important question. But the other way I was holistic is I wanted to know how you were doing. If mm. I had forgotten to ask about your life and maybe you had a loss of a family member or of a job or whatever that stress or anxiety was in your life, if I had forgotten to ask and care about those things, I would miss a big piece of the pie in terms of the opportunity for you to really, truly, authentically heal mind, body, soul, integrate everything, right? So holistic is important to me. I want people to understand what's possible. Okay. So I'm going to ask some, I'm going to I'm going to ask some tough questions here. I think you can handle it. Go for it. Um, what are the biggest lies that people that, that, that is affecting people's health on a deep level? What are some of the, I, I mean, look, if I get a headache, I can take a couple of Advil and, and, and it goes away. W what's wrong with that? 
<laughs> well, <laughs> most of the time, nothing. So listen, I need an Advil now and again as well. I am not the kind of person who won't take it if I need it. Love that. And I think there's a, a place where you also have to get out of your own way. If you're in chronic pain, I, you know, with that pinched nerve you had, I, I hear you. I've had a couple of herniations in my lumbar spine. I totally get it. You, and they gave me morphine at the ER. That was Of so course wonderful. they did. <laughs> yes. Like, oh, I was like, good. yes, I'm out of pain. <laughs> And that's what I was talking about, that miracle of emergency medicine. When you need right. it, it, it's there. And thank goodness it is, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that there's a way to help people. The lies, hmm, the lie is that you need someone else to really do the healing. <laughs> that all the power isn't in you. It is in you. And that when you can tap into your inner healer, your connection with that magic, miracles will happen. I don't know if you're a, a Dr. Joe fan, but I've been listening to some of the meditations lately oh. and I really I love, love it. Yes, I love it. And I love it. I love how he's so scientific about it because we're kind of past the conversation of is there a mind body connection? And we're beyond that. We're like, oh, yeah, there's a connection. And how can I get <laughs> some of that action? Yeah. Right. And we aren't taught it in the beginning of our our lives. And so yeah. we have to be taught it. And now lots more people have been learning. Oh, yeah, I, I have some power here to heal my body my mind. And that gets me excited. I think that's a, that doctors want you to believe that you need them. Yeah. And they are guides. Authentic healers do not like the word healer. They know that we are facilitators. We don't fix you. We guide you in that direction, hopefully. Well, you know, yeah, right. You're not the light. You're the, the, the guidance system to the light. <laughs> like, right. Like here, here, I'm, I'm just your GPS navigation guide here. So, yes. so you know, I've, I forget who it was. I had somebody on, I mean, I've had, I've had, um, I've had some amazing people on the show. One, one guy was Dr. Joe's right hand traveled the world with him as he's a neuro, one of the leading neuroscientists in the world. Um, it, you know, I, um, I think about, I know people struggling with, um, cancer and you know i think about dr wayne dyer who was one of my favorite spiritual teachers of all time and he died and i'm like what the heck wayne you died <laughs> like why didn't you heal yourself damn it and and you know i brought that up recently to somebody and they said you know wayne said it it's it's his time it's not you can't stop that I got like, to see him speak in DC once upon a time and it was uh, really fabulous. And I remember yeah. him reminding us that we are sparks of the divine. Right. And when you take responsibility for who you are in that sense, a lot yeah. of things can change. 
but I remember that the most, um, just about knowing who he was. I loved his book, Excuses Be Gone. Yeah. Do you know, do you know that one? That was a great of book. Of course, I have every book he ever wrote. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mine is this, um, um, oh, what is, um, there's a spiritual solution to every problem. I love that. Love that book. So, so how important i've i've meditated every day of my life for tw over 20 years now it's a non-negotiable it's the first thing i do in the morning how important do you think meditation is for human beings meditation and maybe naps are a success strategy i love that meditation is the place where you connect with the magic. Um, I, I redefined the M word a while ago because people got scared that you were talking about sitting on a pillow for an hour with your legs crossed. And if you have any arthritis in your knees, you're not doing that. Right. right. Um, and I, I redefined it for myself so that I knew that in the moment, if I was washing the dishes and I was feeling the, warm water on my hands and I was really there with it. That was meditating. Yeah. There was a, a book written by Adya Shanti called true meditation. And he talked about every moment of your life is an opportunity to meditate. Yeah. And I think that just being fully present in your body in the, what does Dr. Joe say? The sweet spot of the generous moment, something like that yeah. is, yeah. is really, really important. It's, if you want to feel good, it's important. Yep. Totally agree. Um, so how do I, how do I word this? I feel like, um, look, you, you said that your, your purpose is to wake people up to, to having the ability to naturally heal themselves what if you have somebody that comes to you that for 20 years, their doctor has said, this is the drug that you need to take. This is the way it is. And, and it's not helping them. How do you break that? How do you help them break that mindset of being stuck in the, in the, the, the Western write a script way. That's a tough one. I think I would ask a friend or family member to help me and be with me at the next doctor's visit. I would consider having a second opinion just for the fun of it, if possible. I would question everything and be a pain in the ass and ask more questions and really get to the why I, I would ask questions that go something like, is there, what, what are the possibilities here? What this, this isn't helping basically communicate a little yeah. bit better, but we already talked about how hard that is sometimes. Yeah. So I, over COVID I had a friend who had an Achilles rupture and the, all of the offices 
were basically putting up signs that said, you can't bring your friend with you. <laughs> you know, please don't leave them in the car. And yeah. I refused. And they didn't, they didn't kick me out or anything. Right. But when I sat in the office with my friend, who was a little less verbal about everything than I was, <laughs> I heard, I saw in front of my face, some of the stuff that happens and it, it was really not great. And so I would say to everybody, bring someone with you, even if it's doesn't feel like an urgent matter or it's not, maybe not a surgery or isn't a thing, if it's your medication or if it's a checkup, bring someone else with you because it's going to hold the whole staff accountable to being professional, answering mm -hmm. your questions. And boy, they get away with stuff sometimes when the person is alone and isn't speaking up for themselves. Yeah. And I think that's, it's, I don't know if that's the right way to answer this question, but I really think that that it's an important and it might even be more important now with everything that's going on in the world with COVID and all the other things. But I feel really, really strongly about being with my loved ones. And yeah. do you know how you go in the office? You're stressed out, man. You are, you are not feeling well. Right. So you're never your best advocate in those moments. You need somebody to hear what they're saying, to write notes, to be aware, to be your assistant for yeah. the hour. So mm -hmm. I think that's probably the best answer to that. I, geez. <laughs> uh, I, um, I had a, a doctor, uh, I, I, they found a tiny, tiny, tiny little um, aneurysm in my aortic stem um, when I had COVID in 2021. And I went and saw this doctor. I won't mention his name because I don't want to be sued. Um, but he was this really old guy. And I mean, really old um, that walked in and, and shook my hand and said, so the I, first time I met him too, and he wouldn't take my call prior to the appointment. I was like, I didn't want to talk to him before I come in. She's like, he doesn't do that. I'm like, well, tell him to make an exception. No, he doesn't do that. He, he doesn't have a cell phone. Tell him to call me. I want to talk. He wouldn't call. I, I, so I, there was already bad blood between us and, and which I thought was super arrogant, but whatever. Um, and, 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 but he goes, yeah, you have an aneurysm. Here it is on the, the screen. I'm going to go in and cut a one foot incision down your side. We're going to go in and clamp it off, cut it out, put in some fake material. You'll be good to go. And I'm like, nice to meet you. Like, it was like he was in this huge hurry to get me into surgery. And, and I'm like, are there, uh, are there any other options? And, and he's like, yeah, you could die. And I go, how about any other options? <laughs> like, and he's like, no, you need the surgery. And I'm like, all right have a nice life. Goodbye. And I did, I like, you're not cutting me open. You're out of your freaking mind. Like I, I, again, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm a butthead like that. Like I will push <laughs> back. Um, but most people aren't, most people will not stand up to that white coat syndrome 
and and say, you know, wait a minute, dude, what the heck's wrong? We were, you're talking about my life. Yeah. How about some caring? How about some, you know, just caring for the human being? That whole thing about the phone call that he wouldn't take drives yes. me crazy. That's another one that drives me crazy. Like we are serving people. It, it's okay to spend a couple of minutes on the phone answering a couple of questions. In fact, that would be a doctor I would go back to over and over Amen. again. Amen. Yes. yes. Amen. And my sister's a nurse practitioner and she's like, I, uh, there's just no, like I was telling her how pissed off I was about this guy not taking my phone call. And, and she's like, I like, it's just not like the patient load is so huge that it's not possible. Like, you know, and I go, I, I get it, but still, you know, I just wanted to ask a couple of questions before I went and saw him. And, you know, I, as it turned out, I really didn't need to. I saw everything I needed to see when I when I went and saw him. So, well, hence one of the other problems with um, the medical system, you know, as a brand new physical therapist in a hospital and then after that as an outpatient clinic therapist, if you're working for a big company, it was about productivity. So it was about how many people you could see in a day. Right. So for me, that's bad. For you, that's bad as my, my client, because I'm not able to spend the time I need to spend with you to really be thorough and care and slow down and listen. And, you know, so I went out and opened up my own private practice pretty quickly in my career because I Did knew. You? And I was like, nah, we, I can't do this anymore. I want to spend an hour with a person minimum. I yeah. want to be able to take those phone calls. I want to be able to serve them in the ways that I know they deserve. So that was my route. Not every PT is able to do that, but it's right. what I did. And I really enjoyed that practice. Yeah. And my buddy Jeffrey Wolf says just an extra five to eight minutes with a patient also dramatically reduces <laughs> malpractice complaints and suits. Nice. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> I wonder. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. Again, just caring for people, communicating. Right. Yeah. It, it's, it, it really is all about energy in my opinion. Um, I would imagine your opinions similar when it comes to, to energy. Um, what, and I, since I opened up that door, um, <laughs> I'm ready for that one. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about energy and, and I'm talking about spiritual, um, mental, the, not just physical energy, but the whole thing, the, the mind, body, soul talk about that and the energy. I mean, I was lucky enough over the last year to publish two expert collaborations, the energy medicine solution and the oh, energy wow. healers Oracle. Um, shout outs to you, powerful women who led those collaborations, because we wanted people to understand this at the next level, like just like how you introed it. It's more than just, you know, how energetic you're feeling today. It's about taking responsibility for showing up in the world with a curated higher vibe energy that's healing for people. If you're in the presence of somebody who has taken responsibility for their energy and their vibration, yep. 
you're feeling good in their presence. You're drawn to them. It attracts you, right? So this is a fabulous topic, which we could go in a million directions with, but um, let's go there. I, you know, (laughs) I, I'll tell you, I used to have um, the origin of it doesn't matter, but um, Oprah had this thing hanging in her office. I don't necessarily care for Oprah, um, but I love this saying. And the saying is, be responsible for the energy you bring into this space. And I had that sign, my graphic designer that worked for me, I said, make me a sign. I want to laminate it and put it in my office. And and so I did. And I put it right on my door uh, into my office because I wanted people to think before they walked in, like, what energy are you bringing into my office? Because it's important. Other people's energy affects us if we allow it. Exactly. I'm going to push your writers and authors. What about the energy you're showing up with when you sit at your computer and type a book that is helping people? Have you asked yourself how you're feeling that day? Are you tired? Are you exhausted? Are you burned out? Are you feeling, I don't know, a little bit of that imposter syndrome? Are you feeling not good enough that day? You know, pause practice a moment of your breath work and get the vibe back up and then craft whatever it is you're working on your book, your workshop, your, however you're out there serving. And it, it does matter even for books for blogs. I think about it. Uh, I, I love blogging and I, I pause before I start and I ask myself, all right, how do I want that reader to feel today? So I get that answer. And then I ask myself, so Laura, how are you feeling today? And typically I want them to feel excited and inspired, right? Something along those lines. So if I am not, if I do not have that energy in me, it's probably not a great time to sit and write that thing. How do I say this? (laughs) I, I don't disagree with you at all. I totally agree with you. However, When you're a responsible human being, meaning you take responsibility for everything in your life. Jack Canfield's book, The Success Principles with Janet Switzer. Very first principle in that book is take 100% responsibility for everything in your life. And, And I think, again, I've been where, okay, I'm like, oh God, I am not feeling it today. And I have this interview scheduled for 20 minutes from now. Oh my God. And I don't get on and go, Hey, Laura, I feel <laughs> crap today. How I you know doing? because you have ninja moves like well, I do. <laughs> right. You can, you can make it happen in three deep breaths. You can switch yes. your switch and you yes. Can, yeah. Thank you. So right. that's my point is, is, I, I don't, don't let you, I'm, I don't want people using that as a cop out in life, right? Like, no. Hey, you might feel like crap, but you can change it right now. I remember Tony Robbins told this story about this woman walking into his office and, and whether you like Tony or not is irrelevant, but she's walking in and, and, and she starts, Oh my God. She starts bawling and yelling and screaming and crying about everything going wrong in her life. And he goes, stop it. <laughs> and slams his big hand down on the desk and she's she comes back to reality right and she's like 
Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He goes, we haven't started yet. <laughs> <laughs> and he's talking about pattern interrupters, though, right? So yes, you can change what's going on up here in an instant and have a completely different moment and day. Exactly. I love that. And I want to remind people of that. You can do it in one deep breath. That's it. It's that fast. And this, again, I love to call these ninja moves of mindset. They're, they're, you know, I'm a black belt, by the way. So I learned in my martial arts training that that was everything. So it, the, when you have it in you automatically and you recognize it very fast and so you can switch it, right? Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not into the excuses. So if you're feeling crappy, it's up to you to switch it up, especially for stuff like this interview, you're out in front of the world and bringing it, bringing. So what are you bringing? You got to bring your A game, right? <laughs> you got to bring, I mean, <laughs> you don't have to, but your well, life's going to suck if you don't. Exactly. <laughs> Probably. Exactly. Just, and you I'm have not a choice. Judging. It's, not, it's not, your choice. Yeah. yeah. No judgment. But with no awareness, judgment. you get a choice. That's the gift. Yes. And that's, and, hence, you know, waking people up to this. Like, yeah. Have, have you ever read any books by Anthony DeMello? I have awareness. Awareness. Yes. Throughout the whole book, he's, he types in the big, wake up, <laughs> wake up. Like he's right. Loved that book. I love, I have a whole shelves worth of books about this topic. I, I really can't get enough because I know that it's magic. It's, it's very magical. So, so tell me, I, okay. So, you know, I'm, I'm friend, like I've talked about Mark Victor Hansen. I'm friends with Mark and Crystal and, and all these amazing people, Grant Cardone, all, all these unbelievable people in my life. And, and one common thing that I, I see with all of them is, is the, the power of their mind. They, every single one of the people that we could sit here and talk about that are looked up to and have achieved the highest levels in life. Um, they experience problems and setbacks and challenges, right? What's the one common denominator though, that they all have in your opinion? They don't allow themselves to dwell in it. They, they do the ninja move immediately and they, they do not waste time dwelling in that space or even allowing whatever that thing is. They, they don't judge the moment. They're not putting meaning on the happenings of life. It is what it is. And it's your choice yes. to have the energy that's the A game energy or not. So well, I don't know. I don't even think that's a choice for me anymore. Like, right. I don't want to even spend a second over there. So, you know, some pretty crappy things have happened in my recent past, some family trauma, some stuff. And mm. I think I had to take my game to another level. I came up again, I bumped up against the capacity and I, I paused and thought, whoa, this is, this is what happens to people. Yeah. So again, I talked to myself a lot. So I just said, well, what are you going to do about it? Is this going to be something that you're going to sit and dwell in? Or is there a better way to go about this? Right. What are you making this mean? And so, so that's a very long answer for the one thing you wanted, but I think it's all the same answer. It's, it's in the moment awareness that is other level and it's, it's fast and it's effective.
you know, Dr. Joe talks about, um, and we're talking about Dr. Joe Dispenza for those of you that, um, don't, don't know. Um, if you know, you know, <laughs> so, but, but, you know, Dr. Joe talks about, um, you know, uh, the average person thinks has 60,000, whatever I've heard 60, I've heard 80, let's just go with 60,000 thoughts a day. <clears throat> I don't know who counted them, but, um, but, and how they count, how did you count that? But anyway, um, 60,000 thoughts a day. And, and Dr. Joe says that it's been scientifically proven that, um, that how does, how does he put this? 90% of the thoughts that we have on a daily basis are negative. Is that what he said? I forget how he puts it. And that 50% of the thoughts we're having are lies that we're making stuff up about the reality we're experiencing. Like yes. if we're embellishing, you stub your toe and all of a sudden an hour later, you're telling somebody you broke your toe when in fact it, it, it it's just a little bit of pain you're having. It's not broke. Right. Like yeah. what's, I forget what he calls it, but it, it's, it's really fascinating to me that, that people live their life every single day looking for reasons to be a victim. Yep. Habitual living in the past habitually sets you up for living more in those moments. Then you make stuff up about the stuff you're thinking and it turns into some weird ass story that is very, very far from what that truth is. And I've been listening to this recently. So, you know, switching over to that future vision. Yeah. And you have to retrain your brain to do that because we are in cyclical habitual patterns with where we are and what we're doing. And even, even those who, who us, of us who are good at this game have places to look at. That's, yeah. That was my aha with it. I'm like, okay, I've done some work and where, where's the piece now that I can fine tune? So I always encourage people, learner's mindset. That's another thing you get when you earn a black belt is when you finally get to that stage, you figure out what you don't know, not what you know. Right. Right. It's true. I, I think that, again, I, I, we've all met, I'm sure you, you see people or get phone calls or meet with patients that, that say um, things like, every time I start getting a pain right here, I end up in the hospital with pneumonia. <laughs> or, I'm, making, I'm making something up, but you know That's what a I'm terrible talking. story. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about, right? Like, yeah. again, uh, is there, is there a way in your opinion, is there a way to, to break that, that pattern, that habit of, of constantly telling yourself that it's the end of the world? Well, what's, what's, I'm speaking to everyone now. What's your version of, of Tony slamming his hand down on the desk? I mean, because you have to create that for yourself. And I have my ways of pausing in a moment when I'll, sometimes mid sentence, I'm like, ooh, 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 delete, delete. <laughs> and, I, right. and I change it in the right. moment. But it takes some practice to get to the point where you catch it fast enough. And so it's, it's going to get boring to keep saying this awareness word over and over, but it is about that. And it would be, what do you need? What did you said? Uh, pat, pattern interrupt. Yeah. So there's lots of ways. Journaling is one of my favorites. 
in the beginning, I would put the, the negative thoughts on the page. I would just journal them out, inner critic BS. Yep. And you could look at those notebooks and go, oh my gosh, do I think that? And it's an awareness tool. Get it out of your head onto the paper, right? I think Dr. Joe talks a lot about journaling as well. So yep. that's one. That's one way. There's a lot of ways. What's your way? Me, personally? Do you have one? Yeah. Um, when I start the negative self-talk, because, <laughs> you know, I, I wrote in my first book, I was like, every morning I wake up to the judge, jury, and executioners, like, going, you're a loser. Stay in bed, you know? A lot of us and, do. And, and I have to, I have to, I have to consciously put forth an effort. And sometimes it is journaling. I, sometimes I get out, I've, I've created a journal for this. I, 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 I write out exactly what it is that I want to manifest for the day. And, and then I, and, and you know what, Laura, nine times out of 10, it, it, it happens. It, it really does. And people, I, that's the part that for me in my life, I'm much like you, except for I don't have the educational background. I don't have the, the, the practice, but I want people to wake up. I want people to realize that they're so much more powerful in, in this life than they're, and it, it, it saddens me when I, when I heard Wayne Dyer talk about it and I've heard Deepak Chopra talk about it and, and some of the amazing people that I've followed that, that most people go to their grave with their music still in them. And that's heartbreaking. Like, God, you it could is. have done so much more with your life. If you just stop with all the crap fear that you live in all the time. Listen. So once upon a time I saw this blog and it inspired me. So the message today from reading this message was, your fear of not good enough is boring because what if that thing you're still a little afraid to share is exactly what someone needs to change or even save their life. And I have mm -hmm. a story of that where it was put in my face, what your words can mean to somebody. So I think that that fear of not good enough. Yeah. Like let's, I call those fears purpose-driven fears. They are not, they, they feel kind of like that regular survival kind of fear. It feels scary. feels like you're going to die, but there's also this little bit of excitement that goes on with them. It's they're yeah. aligned with your dreams and goals. They're the purpose-driven kinds of fears. So discernment in that awareness practice that we're talking about, Yep. discerning what kind of fear that is and whether or not you should use it as a compass or mm. walk in the other direction is a ninja move. It's a ninja move. I wrote an entire book called how to have fun with your fear and how to have oh. fun with your fear is really about this, this topic. It's like, Oh, what are you talking about? Fun with that. That that's terrible. It feels horrible inside when I feel like that, or I think those things, I had to, I was chuckling when you said your, your message, you know, I'm a loser and I shouldn't get up. I'm like, Oh, Ken, that's, that's so horrible. Like you have an, you have a nasty one, you know, and some of us do. Right. But oh. you know, I just, I just, I mean, I, I may have embellished it a little bit, but I, I think that, that, you know, we all, my point behind that was we all have these, these, 
these fears that that these voices in our head you said earlier and i kind of chuckled inside you said i talk to myself a lot but everybody does yes. everybody does and anybody that says that they don't they used to you know deem you crazy and lock you away if you admitted to it now it's like wait we know now that everybody has conversations with themselves and and you know most of the time it was 90% of the conversations you're having with yourself are the same exact conversations you had yesterday. Same exact ones. And that 50% of them are made up. <laughs> and I'm like, good God, that's mind boggling. But, you know, think about, I, I, I want, I want to ask you this because I ask this of every guest. I have been homeless and broke so broke. I couldn't afford to buy something to eat. Um, like, and I've been wealthy and I'm here to tell you that wealthy is better, way better. <laughs> my, my question for you is what stops people? What's the number one thing? And you can't say fear. That's the number one answer. And, and I think you can do better. What is the number one thing holding people back in life from having wealth and freedom, happiness, the whole package, everything. The willing to take scary risks and invest in themselves. I think it's that simple. I think that that risk taking is so scary that it's paralyzing and people rather stay in their comfort zone and just be fine. Just hanging out right there. I'm fine. I'm fine. I don't need to take it to the next level in life. What well, you don't, you know, are you happy? No, not particularly. So it's time to take those risks. And I think in, in my community, there's a lot of, well, uh, it's, it's a lack mentality. It has to do a lot with finances. And it's that way for a lot of people. It's like, well, I can't yeah. afford it. I'm too afraid. What if you guys fill in the blank? It's whatever you're filling in the blank with. What if this happens? What if I am homeless? I mean, that's a real fear inside of people. Yeah. But I think it's the lack of willingness to take action through the feeling in your body of the fear. You have to be able to move through it and get onto the other side of it and, you know, be afraid to do it anyway type of thing. Listen, if, if I had the answer to that for people, I would be like a multi-billionaire, like, hey, this is how you do this. And that's everybody's unique journey. Yeah. It's figuring out how to move through that and take those risks and really live in the discomfort zone because everything cool and awesome happens there, you guys. Everything. Yeah. Everything yummy and juicy and the abundance and the wealth and the benefit of this journey we've been talking about today is becoming a master manifester. It just keeps getting more fun and more fun. You don't become a black belt without breaking a few boards or sparring or, you know, what, well, I'm not sure which, which, um, which, well, which, which, um, Taekwondo. Taekwondo. That's awesome. I did all of that. We, we did lots yeah. of sparring, board breaking forms, all the cool stuff. Yeah. Um, wow. This is such a powerful conversation. One last question. Well, not one last. I, I'm going to ask you where people can follow you and your website and all of that. Um, but first, let me ask you this. I remember 
um, my wife and I started our first office uh, 13 or 14 years ago. I, I, I don't know what, about 13 years ago, we had a handful of employees and I had a car repossessed one day in front of all my employees. And, and I remember thinking it was a very fleeting, quick thought, but I thought, what's the point of being here? I, I mean, this sucks. <laughs> like this is humiliating. My employees now think they're not getting paid and you know, <clears throat> this just sucks. During COVID, the the in 2020, suicide skyrocketed all over the world. People gave up. They lost all hope and they just gave up. If somebody called you and they lost all hope, they don't know which way to turn. Their electric's been shut off. Their car's being repoed. They're, what do you say to that person? Because you know and I know that it passes it's, it's only a fleeting moment. It's going to pass. But what do you say to them in that moment to bring them into it's going to be okay mode? Listen, I learned a long time ago in the best holistic healing classes that I took that sometimes not saying anything, sometimes not patting people on the back or shoving a tissue box in their face is the answer. Sometimes the answer is listening with your whole body. Sometimes the answer is to deal with your own discomfort of sitting and holding a healing presence for somebody who is in that space and energy is the gift and I really want to encourage people to not jump to the verbal answer right away. Yes, there's probably very kind words of love and advice you, you can give, right. but check yourself and your own energy and practice being full in full body presence for the person who sometimes really just needs you to listen fully. It's, it's such a loving, generous practice. And some of us are so uncomfortable, we can't. So we just, we, we have to talk. We have to give them the advice. We have to tell them what we think they need to do. You know, if the person needs a place to sleep, then offer it. But other than that, be a really great listener and hold that space for them. That's beautiful. I love that answer. It's beautiful. Where, what's your website address? I'm going to put it up on the screen. Oh, thanks. Well, people can find me at lauradefranco.com or bravehealer.com, either one. Which one do you prefer? Oh, let's do lauradefranco.com. That'll be the, the technology that probably works the best today. <laughs> okay. It's always Laura, a crapshoot. <laughs> Laura, Laura DeFranco. Do I have it right? Is that you correct? Do. You spelled my name right. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the screen. I couldn't screw it up. It was hard to screw that one up. Thank you um, so much, Ken. Laura, you are awesome. And I love your purpose in life. I love, I love what you're doing. Um, is there any, any final words? And, and another question, can they get to your social media from there? Like follow you on socials? Oh, Definitely. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. You'll find me and everywhere. Type in my name is all good. Um, I would love okay. to chat with y'all, uh, connect on social. 
And yeah, I think maybe the last sentence would be a short one. You were born, so you are worthy. Your message matters. So it's time to be brave and share it with the world. I love that. And mention how many books you've written. Oh, my. Um, I've personally authored 10. I'm also a poet. So five of those are poetry books. Wow. And five are business, you know, these uh, teaching memoirs is what they're calling them today. And as a company, we are on book number 63. Wow. Um, lots of awesomeness out in the world. Thank you to all of my Brave Healer author community. That's so awesome. Everybody, do me a favor and go um, buy every single book that she's written. <laughs> Awesome. And, Thanks for and, that. And been a part of. Go to lauradefranco.com. And that's for those listening that are not watching. It's it's Laura, L-A-U-R-A-D-I-F as in Frank, R-A-N-C-O.com, lauradefranco.com. And Lana says, Ken, thank you. Great guest. We're all in the process of figuring out what our purpose is and having the courage to live it out with God's help. Amen to that, Lana. Amen to that. I agree with you. So, um, Laura, listen, thank you so much for being on today and sharing your wisdom and your, your amazing energy. I really appreciate you. You're awesome. Thank you, Ken. You are awesome as well. And this was a really amazing conversation. Thanks for going there with me and all those topics. We could we could have gone down some really deep rabbit holes, but we stayed kind of surfacey a little bit. So that we did was all right. That was good. Well, thank you all for watching. And if you haven't shared this out, there's still time to redeem yourself and go ahead and share this out and and let everybody in your your friends and family list hear the amazing wisdom of, of Laura DeFranco. Laura, thanks again, and we will see you all later. Have a great day.